0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night wherever you are, around the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. My name is Marcus Zalavari, and I'm joined today by our good friend across the pond, Austin Zetzman, Cookie Monster FL. Good morning for you, Cookie. How are you? Ah, uh, Marcus I'm, uh, I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? I'm absolutely buzzing at the moment. So, for context, we're recording this mere hours after the Matildas won what is probably the most dramatic penalty shootout in World Cup history, even more so than the Sweden-USA uh, won. So, like, I am on cloud nine at the moment. This is great. <laughs> Who needs <Docker>. motorsport? <laughs> 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 oh, man, that's awesome. That's good to hear, man. Yeah, I'm, I mean... I'm, I'm buzzing. It's like 11.30 at night as well, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you had your first uh, soccer watch party too, which was awesome. That's yeah, cool.
0: it was cute. I love watching soccer with friends. I love watching sport with friends. This is so w- weird and rare. It's this is this is wonderful. Anyway, how how is you? How 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 is how is you? My gosh, how is how, life? Is, how is me? How is life I, up the top end? Uh, is me good? Nice. Is me good? Nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had a good uh, um, IMSA round last weekend. Was yes. it last weekend? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. At some point. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, everything blends together at this point. Well, yeah, uh, this but is yeah, the just thing. Enjoying, enjoying the uh, United States summer with all the, uh, with all the heat that you can afford in Florida. So most of the time I'm just sitting on the weekends watching motorsports. So nice. Indoors.
0: So like this, yeah. this is the thing. I'm kind of. So we've been doing this show now for seven and a half years and it is kind of getting to the point where the races are blending together. It's kind of terrifying. I'm struggling to think back because it has been near on a month since we've done a, uh, endurance chat episode. Uh, and in that time we've had the world endurance championship at Monza, the European Le Mans series at Paul Ricard, and as well, the, uh, IMSA race at Road America. And like, I watched two of those three events. I'll be honest. I didn't watch IMSA, but that's fine. Um, and I'm struggling to remember anything specific about them, uh, because it's been a little while. And also, as you said, they're all just kind of blending together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had a few races uh, or weekends where there was like, I mean, especially for the United States. I mean, there was NASCAR race, IndyCar race. There was like IMSA, Formula One. Um,
0: I-, I don't know if
1: it was. Yeah, I mean, it was. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Supercars. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, it's, uh, and with all the support series too, like I try to watch everything. So like the support series for Indy cars, like NXT. So I watch that. Yeah. And obviously i with with Mazdas and, uh, and the Michelin pilot sport challenge. So it's like, there's so much stuff to watch and I'm like, all right, I've got like three screens. At least two of them are running (laughs) like some, some racing things. I can at least watch it. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. but it's, it's, uh, yeah, you get your hands full if you're uh, trying to, watch as much motorsport as you can because you can you can definitely try to do it
0: not even just motorsports the last two months in like for sport in general has been ludicrous like I've been trying to tee up a from the grandstand episode with Kiwi and like every single time we put a time in it's like oh wait no this is on we need to talk about oh no wait no this is on we're gonna miss this and we gotta so like (laughs) like in the past two months like my sleep is just destroyed because in the past two months we've had the the Ashes which is like the cricket world cup or like the cricket holy grail Um, we've had had a, a few like all the WEC stuff. We've had the uh cycling, like the Tour de France, the, the women's Tour de France. We've had the FIFA World Cup, wi- like Women's World Cup, which is actually in a nice time zone. But then we've had like the Cycling World Championships as well, and the low Cup, and just like there's just so. Oh my god, I just can't wait. Like Thursday three days ago was the first night on which there wasn't any sport that I wanted to watch for legitimately two months straight. <laughs> and I went to bed yeah. at, I went to bed at 9 30 PM because I just didn't know what to do with myself.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Honestly though, that's, that's how you, that's how you got to recover, you know, like you, you, and it almost trying to like prepare yourself for the next weekend.
0: Oh my good golly gosh. Uh, so Let's, let's talk, let's actually talk about some WEC. So the World Endurance Championship had its last round out at Monza. So this was on the, far out, how long ago was it now? Oh, the, it's the the 8th of July. That's over a month Hmm. ago. Good gosh. Yes. What's going on? Um, What have we done? What have we done? Do we even run this podcast anymore? Anyway. um, No. So it was a, a cool and interesting race, Cookie. Cool and interesting race. I noticed, or I like my take from the race is that the 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 balance of performance or the balance of power between the top class cars is incredible.
1: It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I mean, you'll definitely have the uh, LMDH crowd that will disagree, but um, I feel like right now, for how they have it, it's pretty pretty solid for LMH. Um, specifically uh, Toyota, Ferrari, and Peugeot. I do think Toyota still has the advantage when they're not kind of, like, saddled with some extra weight. Or but, running
0: into Aston Martins, but, you know, continuing. Or,
1: yeah, or getting ran over by random Ferraris during slow zones and running <laughs> into squirrels. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I think Peugeot, Ferrari, and Toyota showed good pace, obviously Toyota winning, but... Um, I thought Peugeot had a solid uh, bounce back from, uh, from Lamar uh after their kind of decent showing there Yeah, um, for a podium finish as well. Like, that was exactly what was going on. I, I thought it sucked with the 94 having, you know, more gremlin issues. Yeah. But honestly, like, it was a great showing for LMH. Um, LMDH was a little bit worse, but... I think they're, I think it's coming along.
0: Let's talk quickly about the LMH, LMDH divide, because this is something I've noticed. So the, the, the top three finished on the lead lap, 200 laps at Monza. Nice round number there. Um, and then Mm -hmm. the first of the LMDH cars was the Porsche, the number five car, which was a lap further back. But if you look at the other LMDH cars, you know, the other Porsche was still further back on that, that lap. And then the, uh, the Cadillac was a few laps down. I can't remember if they had an issue or anything, but it, the broadly it seems that the uh, the LMDH cars in WC competition are not at the same standard. Oh, like remember we're talking about one lap here, so what, like 6k, 6 kilometers over the course of a 6-hour race. So if they're they're losing a kilometer per hour effectively, which isn't that much. It just stands out quite a lot when, you know, the gap at the top is only 16 seconds.
1: Right. And uh, some of that too was also down to, uh, what was it, Ferrari's tire change that was, um, or I think they were a little bit slower on the tire change for the final stint Mm. because I think Toyota came in like as soon as possible, as soon as the window opened to make it in one stop, they came in and and took tires. Yep. And I think Ferrari reacted like a few laps later to that, and ultimately kind of lost some pace or at least lost some like distance Infamous, on the yeah. track to that. Right. So, uh, I, I think it would have been potentially even closer had Ferrari react a little bit quicker, or was on the same page as Toyota was. Um, so I think that was a good strategy play that helped Toyota pretty much steal that win. But yeah, I mean, I, I think when it comes down to that, if, if you're, if we're talking about potentially like good strategy calls that allow the teams to win, that's usually that it's usually because the, the pace is, is close enough. So, um, you know, I, I still think that there's work to be done with um, trying to find the right balance for LMDH so that they're not driving away from it, but they're not also just kind of like lagging a little bit. And we've still kind of yet to see an LMDH really just sit and squat in the LMHs for all race and just show the same pace, you know, without
0: Consistently, necessarily starting yeah. to fall
1: back. Yeah. There's really just not been a race that I can remember where the uh, LMDHs like had podium pace yet. And I think. I think that'll go a long way into kind of shoring up that like, yep, this is a great championship. Like this is all working out correctly. Um, cause I, I feel like it is for LMH. Like mm. if, if we removed all the LMDHs from the field, I feel like, you know, obviously it wouldn't be as fun, but I think the cars remaining would all be very close. And yeah. like, we would probably all say like, oh man, there's like, how could you really, there's like very, very minor adjustments that would need to be made to be a P, but that's it. Like,
0: yeah, so um, I, I totally agree. It, it seems that the LMH cars are all in a really, really sweet spot, and then the LMDH cars are in a really, really sweet spot relative to each other. It's just that the LMDH cars are like a, a tenth or a, a two tenths behind the LMH cars in relation and it might not be in outright pace, but it might just be over a stint. It, it seems that the the LMTH cars are less capable of keeping their tires together and keeping their stints consistent than the LMH cars. And I wonder, Cookie, if that is something that is a consequence of how the car is designed. I mean, of course they're using the mm-hmm. uh, the upcoming LMP2 tender chassis, Um for their designs, but also the stock hybrid system. I wonder if it's because of that. I wonder if the the fact that they've got this shared hybrid system that's going to be tuned to all of these different, different engines is part of the reason that maybe they are suffering on some tire longevity. Like, I'm, I'm not sure off the top of my head if the spec hybrid powers the front wheels or just the rear wheels, but could that be an issue? Yeah,
1: I mean, it could easily be an issue. I mean, it, it's a, it adds a level of complexity to the entire argument. Um meaning like literally and figuratively because you're um you know, for a lot of this too is that uh I feel like we can also get very comfortable when we talk about B O P as being like obviously the main talking points about whether or not it's a good thing or not and it's created close racing. Um but it's also important to like explain or at least have the ability for fans to understand specifically what variables are being involved here and not, you know, like uh, where we had kind of uh, equivalents of technology previously and we had like BOPs to an extent in group C racing, but that was more for fuel flow. Yeah. Like just explaining how the, like what are the parameters by which that the governing body can change things, let alone like how much of an impact that might have. So, to your end, I mean, if we're talking about BOP stuff, removing weight, removing weight, ball- you know, ballast, essentially, like, would help speed the cars up. But, you know, that can create more mirada of issues where, like, they're a little bit faster in the early stint, but then they burn their tires up and then basically can't do anything. Granted, that would probably be, like, a, a team thing. But yes. my point is is that, like, I think some of this is difficult to wrap your head around in terms of, like, okay, well, it's they're, they're BOP'd. The FIA can do XYZ I think. So therefore, like, if they don't start fixing this or it doesn't start getting fixed, then like, you know, then they've the FIA have failed on equalizing the two classes kind of thing. And I think that it's like not necessarily where you have to make people understand all the different variables that you could change these cars in terms of their BOP. But just like what you're actually working with here, like, you, yeah, you could change. Technically, I, I think you can change deployment. I think you can change – like, when we're just talking about the ERS system, and you're – I mean, you're right. I think it is just rear-wheel drive or well, – oh, I don't know. I think yeah, some I of the cars are – Yeah, I, I, I legitimately
0: freakers. can't remember uh, whether or not it's rear-wheel drive only. I, I think it might be.
1: Yeah. And um, so, I mean, it's just, like, trying to adjust that and then also using the LMH – platform to also adjust to try to like get them closer to is difficult. I think more difficult than it's ever been. And I just, I think specifically when we're looking at um, LMDH and trying to uh, like a better word, buff them up, I think it would be who of the FIA to maybe go through some of it in terms of like what their capabilities, just even giving like an infographic three minute video of like, this is the different things that are adjusted to cars to like make them race more accordingly to our stated goals would probably go a long way because at this point I think a lot of a lot of this is going to keep getting louder and louder. Yeah. Every round, if they don't necessarily get these Mdh's a little bit faster, so um, and, and it's like, just, it just. You know, but it also stinks that IMSA doesn't isn't doing this right now. Yeah. It's literally just WC that's taking the brunt. Of everything because they wanted convert you know because everybody wanted convergence but there's no other data point to, to look at and go like oh okay well you this, know this these are just inherently series. difficult cars to do or like the other series is doing it better yeah so
0: it's 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 an interesting sort of conundrum because like what LMH cars are actually going to want to race in imst I mean like besides Glickenhaus but who knows what Glickenhaus is doing now um it's yeah I'm not sure. You know, what, what sort of buy-in the LMH manufacturers have into GTP. I mean, I guess you can look at like Daytona and Sebring, but I don't know. It's a, it, it looks to be a bit of a hard sell at the moment, especially considering that the cost of doing an IMSA season is already pretty damn high. Um, that's another discussion that we'll touch on later. Um, I do just want to say though, the fact that all of the cars like led again for a period. I'm not sure if the Cadillac led, but the fact, like, the Hertz Jota Porsche and the Proton Porsche that debuted, like the car, the, the team got the car a week before they were at the track. Like, and they led the race. Sure, that car broke, broke down or had electrical problems that shut it off, but they led the race, Cookie. The Proton guys <laughs> led the, like, that was, <laughs> like, unheard of. How many times is a brand new car with, like, a, to a brand new team just coming in the lead?
1: Uh it definitely ha- would never have happened in the last twenty some twenty two years. Except
0: except for that one time that Porsche turned up with a nine nineteen and immediately led the first race this- what? Oh yeah, that one. Okay, hmm. so fit
1: thirteen years. Twelve years.
0: Far out. Sure. Like Ten years. Eleven years nine years. years.
1: I mean even, even then that's like yeah, I mean that was that I mean we're talking about Porsche at a factory effort spending a hundred bill a year yeah. kind of thing. So um but, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we're talking about a privateer team that basically has a customer car and immediately led the first lap, even though they've had no testing. Like, they just yeah. showed up. That was going to be their first running of the car. Like, their shakedown was practice. Yeah. FB. That's so, ridiculous. Yeah. Oh. Um An incredible feat, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, even though they didn't get to the finish. Um, speaking of, well, I mean, I guess, I guess this is a a good follow on then. So one of the cars that did finish in the top six, in sixth place, in fact, was the Toyota number eight. Uh, so that, you know, beat out three of the four, uh, LMDH cars. Uh, and that was despite having a quite sizable penalty for Absolutely murdering the D-Station Aston. Martin, um, in with Sebastian Bohemian. Bu- Sebastian Bohemi just seemed to have one of those stints from hell where everything goes wrong. He spun the Ferrari at the first corner and got a five second penalty for that, a slap on the roost, and then later on in the stint, uh, a bit of a a bit of I don't want to say lazy, but a bit of an unaware move back to the racing line into Ascari and just completely destroyed the D-Station Aston. Martin. What did you make of that incident, Cookie?
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, he should. Uh, he should uh, go burn in hell for sure. Strikes of the log Yeah. 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 There were. I mean. Yeah. It was not. It wasn't great. Um. And there's definitely like Buhemi's not made a lot of fans.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like in the fans in the stands. <laughs> it. I mean. I'm. I'm not gonna deny that you, know, you like he there could be issues there's just a lot of people that like his attitude just does not jive with yeah. them so as soon as he did that they're like they wanted his head they like wanted him dead i i mean i'm not a fan of of that like it's pretty lazy um you know and he's going to draw criticism because of the way that he talks on the radio like yeah. people just don't like people that are whiners or like that sound pissed off all the time on the radio so uh, i i think the um, the term
0: that people will use is petulant
1: there we go um and so if you're going to make a mistake that's going to be really really uh um, uh i don't want to say overblown but it's going to be highlighted quite a bit yeah um so yeah i mean was it, he probably was driving a bit angry and was just kind of like trying to um get a, a good line maybe he thought that the, the, the traffic was like going to break slower and give him more space or whatever so it was a misjudgment it was class it's just a classic mis- we've seen this all the time and we've seen this like, every year at Le Mans, essentially yeah. taking out a good a uh, good GT car.
0: Like last um, year, it, like, Perotto and Sims, uh, the Corvette. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so it was a slightly different situation because they were three wide on a straight. But still, it was exactly the same thing. Uh, the h- faster class car has moved over, assuming that they've got enough distance, and they just haven't.
1: I think one of the United cars this year at Le Mans, yeah. also kind of doing a three wide thing got over too quick and then and snagged a GT car. So I mean again, this is an LMH factory driver and very he's a professional, um, platinum rated uh driver. So he should obviously be able to, to not crash to on GT that, cars. Yeah. I just I mean, you know, the faults with faults with him. He made a mistake. I don't know. I mean, I don't think a race right suspension was ever gonna be in the cars. Nah, I don't no think right. anything like there there wasn't anything crazy egregious. He probably was driving a little bit over his head to try to Make up for the issue that he didn't think was an issue with, yeah, with contact with the Ferrari, but again, it's just, I mean, it, it, it costs them. So, you know, I, I can't be too upset about it and I'm not like looking for blood either. So yeah, uh, I- it, it just sucks for the, uh. Uh, for the GT car that got annihilated. Yeah. Um, I think that, that was the D-Station, right? D-Station.
0: Yeah, Satoshi Hoshino behind the wheel. Now, I'm not sure if you saw Cookie, but, uh, in the episode of WC Full Access, which you can watch on YouTube, um, that they did for the 6000 Monza, they actually showed the section of time after where Kamuka Baashi as the, the team principal for Toyota, and Sebastian Boemi went to the D-Station garage and actually, you know, went to talk to uh, Hoshino, who was still in the medical center, but actually talked to his co-driver, Tomonobu Fuji, and, you know, apologized and and all that sort of stuff. And it was actually, uh it was a bit weird. Um, I, I don't think Fuji was very uh forthcoming with accepting that apology, but I think he also understood that it was a racing incident. It's one of those where, like, they were still very hot-headed because, you know, Boemi had just gotten out of the car and was, you know, obviously apologetic for the fact that he'd destroyed someone's race and sent someone to the medical center. But also, Fuji had a quite a uh, quite a reason to be pissed off in that instance.
1: Mm-hmm, Yeah, yeah. I, I did not see that exchange, but I would like to now for its drama juiciness. Yeah.
0: WC Full Access, uh, a week after the race on the WC YouTube channel. Every, every, every race, the WC YouTube channel, Full Access, WC Full Access. Um, insane that though, that car recovered and ended up finishing sixth ahead of all the other LM, or ex- ahead of three of the four LMDH cars in the race. So that kind of shows the performance difference. But of course, it is the Toyota. And the Toyota, I guess, the, you know, besides everything that happened with the number eight, great way to respond after missing out on that Lamar victory
1: yeah it's uh depending on who you talk to i mean uh, i guess toyota were accepting of everything that went down in lama or people like there's they're very very upset yeah i don't know i i've seen i've seen multiple articles in which they're they were totally fine with everything that went down and they understood it and then the other ones where they were just like internally they are so upset and then i i i heard something on like the race talking about like (laughs) uh f Yeah, the, uh, uh, talk about F1's potential to, to move to something not like BOP, but like the principals were yelling about BOP or something like that. And they were like, well, you know, this year went well, but you know, there was a, there was a weight uh, penalty that was assessed to a bunch of the cars were started receiving the worst and internally yeah. they're still
0: really upset. And I'm like, "I
1: don't where are you getting this from? Yeah, I don't know where quote, you're at.
0: The quote that I've seen is I think one of the of the board members saying that they lost the race in a meeting room not on the track. Right. Yeah. Which is Right. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's uh never a positive comment I don't think, no. but uh <laughs> Uh I I they've they managed a a very good car and I I, I think you know, hopefully stuff that went down, especially at Lamont doesn't happen necessarily again. But at the same time, I mean, that's just kind of, I mean, that's just how it works. And, um, for them, cause they, they did get, I think a little bit of a break after Lamont, like their, their BOP wasn't, I don't want to say it was like leveled the same, but I think like some of the specific Lamont penalties were, were removed, reduced. Yeah reduced so i mean the car basically like if 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 we take everything that they say at face value that car was hampered ham, hampered a little bit they basically had all the the shackles removed for monza again and that car is really quick so it didn't it didn't surprise me at all that they suddenly had pace again to just kind of drive away a bit from the field i mean it wasn't like they were driving crazy far away but they they had a comfortable pace and they had a good strategy so um, something that seemingly you just went, of course, his way at, at Le Mans. I mean, they had very good timing on a lot of stuff that was just out, kind of out of their control. And some of it was just they were they were making kind of like quick 50-50 calls correctly a lot. And yeah. Toyota just kept going safe. Um, and here Toyota seemed to be more aggressive, or at least like on on point with this with the strategy and how it was playing out. So I felt like that that looked a lot better too, and helped them win at Bonza.
0: Uh, yeah, and you know, disappointing some fifty-five thousand or sixty thousand or however many thousand uh, fans uh, for like, there's a lot. It was there's so a many.
1: lot. And when Ferrari overtook, I can't remember who it was. You like, you he actually heard the crowd noise. And yeah. I've never, never heard that
0: at a WRC event. Like that's nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, just yeah, I was, I was like blown away. I was like, holy, holy shit. This is, fun. this is cool. <laughs>
0: Wonderful! i Like obviously, you know, disappointing for the all the tifosi there to not get a victory, but like, damn, they turned up. That was beautiful. I love seeing that. Like, and like, I mean,
1: when he had tickets, tickets that cheap. I mean, like, I mean, we're talking so much. I mean, just so much cheaper than a a Formula One event. So, yeah, I mean, just the bang for your buck that you can possibly get going to endurance race, especially at Monza cuz i would just i would love to just walk the track and 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 just those like those wooded areas where it's just basically a little, a little trail on the yeah. back end of the course like that's 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 totally like a road america vibe to me and i would uh i would love to go there and watch a race there hey, for hey, sure hey, like cookie
0: cookie go, 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 go to europe next year go 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 to, go to europe next year
1: ah uh, yeah that's right yeah you're doing a whole european tour over there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes i might i may be making some travels but that's next year um okay Great play, a great race overall in Hypercar. Um, one thing I have noticed, Cookie, as well, is that because Hypercar has just been so damn good, we've just kind of stopped seeing a lot of action in LMP2, like because they just don't broadcast it anymore. But you know, it's I guess that's fine. Um, but LMP2 was good as well. Uh, Jota did good. They finished a lap up on everyone, which is you know pretty good if you're finishing a lap up on the rest of the class. I mean. <laughs> Pardon me. That's because
1: Go
0: to smash. Well, that was because like where the uh, like the leader was on track relative to everyone else. But you know, uh, it was a well fought battle, and uh, Joda above Alpine above Team WIT. So like the three big players, uh, and then and then United Order Sports after that. So like the four big players right at the very pointy end of that uh, that race. Uh, in fact, United Order Sports were a whole zero point eight 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 of a second uh, get off of being on the podium. So I mean. What happened? Like, obviously we know LMP2 is coming off of the grid next year, but for the (laughs) last two races of LMP2 and the WEC, like, what do we want to see? Do we want to see what? Like, firstly, I'd love to see them on the broadcast more, but I guess it's hard with how good hypercar is we're, we're, we're almost uh, a a a um embarrassment of riches embarrassment of riches i was going to say like a a, a victim of our own success well our uh, the yeah. wc success <laughs> oh you're part of them too man no nah, don't don't
1: humble yourself don't humble yourself you're uh you're, you're wc man
0: no nah. <laughs> It's the, the best moment of my entire life. Because, um, like, I think back in it, I legitimately can't remember anything about the LMP2 race. I like I guess that was a month ago, uh, over a month ago, but, like, I, I just can't remember.
1: Yeah, I, I would honestly... I mean, this has definitely got to be one of the better WC round, uh, you know, seasons that we've had for LMP2 um, in terms of just how, how good the competition is and you're not really seeing a, a clear runaway... Team, You're seeing a lot of really good teams fighting very hard tooth and too, to nail to get.
0: And that's the thing, and, like, there's, there's so much quality in this and we, like, we we can barely see it because there's so much quality everywhere else as well.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. I, I think. I, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm fine. I, I mean, again, LMP2 is fantastic. I just, like the spec part of it kills me so much uh. that it's 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 just it's not that I will not appreciate it is that I'm I'm fine to watch LMH because there's difference in cars that's what I'm used to and then GT like it's I've personally not been bothered that much by the lack of LMP2 because I'm just not i think i'm just not as committed as other people are to that to that class not even committed but just like
0: less interested oh that's fine
1: yeah yeah but i will i mean it's it's clearly like it is fire emoji if i'm gonna <laughs> use use colloquial younger people terms
0: younger people oh yeah because we're old now aren't we
1: yeah i'm i'm old now i'm mid-30s
0: jeez i want to be uh yeah we are old don't Yep, yeah, there you go. <laughs> It'll happen to you. Um, interesting though that uh the Le Mans winning car, the number thirty four into Europol mm-hmm. car, uh they finished down in fifth, so they didn't have the best race, but they were confirmed as the uh the Le Mans champions. Um, their car finally was released from scrutineering, and there was no uh, untoward uh, things found on that car, so that result for Le Mans has been concerned. So the bakers, the bakers have Le Mans.
1: Yeah, WOT and Shambles After that, I think they're the one who filed the protest. But yeah, that, that is like awesome to hear. Finally, that they are that they're one. But I think you were one to also mention that it was you, the part, the stuff that they were looking at is just usually like what what could they possibly because they were they're starting to look at wire looms. And yeah. it, so it wasn't like it wasn't like they were like investigating a fuel cell. Yeah. So.
0: It was, it- just a totally regular part of the the whole scrutineering process that they did for the hypercars, and also United, uh, sorry, uh, Europol just got roped into it as well because someone said, "Hey, look at that car, please." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nothing I.
1: I mean, it. to to me, uh, to 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 you on the P two part, I like a lot of times, especially now when I'm seeing the competition, but specifically the 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 teams that are in LMP two that are at the top of this, the scoreboard, I'm kind of like, well. Man, what, how cool would that be? You know, like if they, if they were privacy or customer of blah, 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 hybrid car manufacturer. So it's just kind of like, they're like pro enough where I'm like, okay, could, you know, could, is there a possibility they could go and obviously Jota, but I mean, like, you know, United or, or, uh, and the WRT is going to be next year.
0: Yep. Uh, WRT is tied up with uh, BMW for next year. Uh, Alpine, uh, tied up with funnily enough Alpine yeah the odd one out there is United and the fact that they don't have a works effort is kind of uh, kind of ridiculous in itself and I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to they could run a customer effort uh, but of course you know they have the uh, pay drivers that are you know paying their way and making that part of their business model so maybe they don't want to approach Hypercar in the situation they're in now gosh I need Uh, gosh I need to cut that out
1: yeah the (laughs) The 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 United Autosports probably has found their niche in niche? Uh, customer yeah. racing. Yeah, niche. Thank or, you. N- niche. How about that? Hey! Is that better? Um. <laughs> but yeah, I I think I think that's probably right on the money kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I think that they gen- they genuinely um, probably attract serious. Uh, I don't want to say uh, amateur drivers, but just like younger pay drivers that are going to be potentially good drivers in the future for, as an alternate way to get into either open wheel or a a factory ride somewhere in prototypes. And they also just have like their, the clientele just hasn't existed of a really rich guy who's fast that wants to be in the top class yet. And, or just for an extended period of time, because we've just seen a lot of, their entries be the same crew for years and years but they're again they're never really that crazy talented it's not like they both they have both cars every single year competing at the top and are just constantly pushing for quasi pro lineups in well, the cars I mean, to meet with the regulations
0: that, that one year that they had like job van Uyter as the am driver at Mans that was kind of nuts Well, that, that
1: definitely was nuts, but an outlier wasn't a championship. Like, you know, that's where, that's, that's where it's like, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm realistically thinking United's ever just going to step up, I feel like they would have to showcase that, like, they're committed to both cars trying to, like, basically just, like, compete in a, like, a semi pro way in in, as far as they can with the regulations that they're in LMP2 to essentially, like, showcase that they're, they're easily good enough to go compete in the pro class, which I think they are, but I just, I think, I think their internal goals are just never high enough. Where they're like, well, we need to we need to prove ourselves, or you know, like we need to go to L, you know, to yeah. hypercar LMP1. Like they just don't have that feeling like they're ever going to do that.
0: Uh, I respectfully disagree. I think they're the odd one out because, like in the LMP2 class of the WC at the moment, you have Jota. Who are a hypercar customer? You have Alpine, who are going to be a hypercar works team. You have Team WIT, which is a hypercar works team. You have Prima Racing, which is a hypercar works team with Lamborghini. Like these are all very big, very accomplished teams moving on to the next step. And the one that the odd one out there is United Autosports. And I like I wonder why they are not going to be a hypercar works team or customer because they seem like the perfect fit. The the first year they moved to the Orica, and they had. Uh, you know, that string of, that ridiculous string of wins where they had Phil Hansen, Felipe Albuquerque, and Paul Terrestre in one car, and Willow and Alex Brundle when Job van Oytert in the other. Like, that was ludicrous. They won something like, you know, 10 races straight. Um, so, like, mm-hmm. they certainly have the credentials. Um, it just beggars belief that they are not running a hypercar at some point. So I wonder, yeah, if their business model just doesn't want to support that and that they don't have the, the person, who wants to come in and push them onto that because I'm sure if they went to I don't know Porsche and said we want to buy a hypercar Porsche would let them or if they went to Cadillac and said we want to buy a hyper or whoever I'm sure based on the United Auto sports they would you know? got
1: our attention for yeah. sure yeah. Uh, if they went to any OEM they would definitely at least have an ear for, for at least 5 minutes I mean yeah. they've definitely racked up uh Credentials to do it. I will say um, on the Insta broadcast for Run America last weekend, they had Richard Dean on for an awkward like thirty minutes because wow. uh, on Radio Le Mans because um reasons, um and he kind of just was. Like, they would I would just the I feel like they and and the viewers would forget that he was in the booth. So you just hear. Heindahl, like, shift him and be like, oh, so Richard, like, oh, how, like, how is it, blah, 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 like, it, just, like, try to, like, tie him into something or, like, but then it would be something dramatic, and all of a sudden, like, you just hear Richard Deed's voice come up, but anyway, yeah. Um, so John asked him, um, not necessarily about expansion, but just, like, uh, expansion for, like, up to LMH, but more or less on um, LMP2, and that he was going to be uh, because they're going to be doing a much more full-time effort in, um, in IMSA next yes. year because of the lack of LMP2 and WC. So, but he, and he was basically John was like, you know, do you have, do you have enough space? Essentially, asking Richard that, and Richard's like, yeah, well, we're 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 getting an entire new uh, warehouse because the place that we're at right now is just not Damn. big enough, and um, so they're doing a whole, uh, a bigger space. Just for this IMSA program. So, you know, depending on how sex, uh, successful that turns out to be, I mean, you know, we could be looking at a base of operations that's pretty decent for the U S that could theoretically help support maybe a European leg and focus maybe the European, um, race shop to be converted more into something else, more maybe, you know, hypercar esque. So I think. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't also put their own internal limiting factors being space or facility either into hmm. the, into this mix, because I'll be honest, I don't remember seeing, like, I've, I just don't know what their, their race shop looks like. So like, I, I don't know thinking. if anybody's like toured it. So yeah. yeah, like I've, I've just, I think just out of my own memory, I don't remember seeing it. So yeah, I, I would love to see them do a cars, but you know, I feel like there's they've yeah they're in this unique spot where they missed out. But I don't know if it's maybe because of, it was their own fault or they just were the the misfortunate, unlucky guy that just missed out. So
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't I, know. I yeah, I'm not sure on that either. Um, let's leave LMP2 for there. Let's talk about GTA, GTEM, because there was a few things going on in GTEM. Uh, one thing was that it was a Porsche one two three, which is great. I love that. I love it when Porsches win at Monza because it really just tickles me in the right spot. Um, uh, but we also had Cookie. You're gonna love this. The first of our championships awarded. Uh, and yep. that is because the number uh 33 Corvette Racing Chev- uh, Chevrolet Corvette uh finished above both uh, the Iron Links uh I almost said Ferrari, the Iron Lynx, uh Iron Dames. Porsche and the OIT by TF Racing Aston Martin to confirm Ben Keating as the best one driver that has ever lived. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, I can't even remotely disagree with that. Um, this is the earliest uh, a class championship has been. Well, it's two uh, rounds, pretty left. much. Two, yeah, yeah. This is. I don't. I don't think we've had a a, a class in any of the other categories that has clinched a championship this early. No,
0: not at um,
1: all. Uh, and as well... And like- then their performance at Le Mans. I mean, you know, like, to do... To have both of those feats, essentially, in the same year, uh, I mean, it really speaks to how good that car is yeah. and how good the... uh good the drivers were in it and uh, especially and, in an AM class like that it's yeah, got to go to ben Keating. ben
0: Keating is and how good Ben Keating is like just for mm-hmm. a bit of context here are the the figures at the end of the championship so remember as well the first place in the championship has uh like five kilos or uh, yeah five kilos of ballast the winner of the last race has five kilos of ballast and the winner of the race before that has five kilos of ballast so like that car was running with 15 kilos of ballast and still after five rounds the Corvette racing car has 145 points out of a possible, what, 168. So they've only dropped mm-hmm. something like 20 points. The next closest car, Cookie, how many points do you reckon the Iron Dame's uh, Porsche has in second place?
1: Oh, man, you got me in the spot because I have not looked at the uh, chip, chip numbers. <laughs> um, so, so it's 20.
0: It's, huh? uh, no. Um, so remember that. Like, so so like uh, they need to be leading by fifty points to already have the championship. Yeah. So how many points do you reckon the Iron Dames have?
1: What's the, <laughs> What's the total possible?
0: <laughs> so so uh, they need like less than ninety five. Is your is okay, your okay? You've you the difference. Uh? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, eighty eighty two. The Iron Dames have sixty seven points. Oh my god! They like. Uh, Absolutely pants everyone. Just it's legitimately ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, their their really only issue in the season it, it came from that the um their mechanical problem that they had literally on like lap one or like the first in of the race at Le Mans. That was pretty much the only trouble they've been involved with. Yeah, the rest of the class has been involved with crashes or spins at some point in at least one or two of the rounds we've had previously, and they've just Corvette have not. They 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 have just kept it on track they kept it pointing straight and like not cost them too much with reliability, except for when you're going to have issues that the mom might as well have them in the first. The very
0: first. Yeah. The very beginning. And like, and of course, like Keating would have, I I suspect that Corvette racing and Keating would have loved to have been on the podium to win the championship. But like the fact that they can wrap it up with a fourth place with two rounds left is kind of just wild.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, did not think I, I think somebody had mentioned that before the race, Um and I just did not think that that was going to happen Whoa. because it just, you know, those scenarios are tough to have to, to play out immediately. And then just the way that it happened with uh, both cars kind of like not necessarily not performing, but basically Corvette just being right around the whole race. I was like, oh, God, this is. They probably will clinch it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, uh, in terms of, like, Corvette's race, they didn't have the most impressive race, uh, to no. be told. They, they finished down in fourth place and it wasn't, you know, all that impressive a drive. Uh, but the problem was, well, the thing was that their competitors just had worse races. Like, the Iron Dames finished down in, I think, sixth. Oh, uh, or no, sorry, they finished in fifth. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, OIT by TF Sport that finished down in eighth, so they they just did, weren't quite in the same mix, um, and yeah, it was just it, it was just all she wrote. So happy days, happy days for a quarter fan.
1: Yeah, not bad, not bad. They were, yeah, I think they were on the lead lap, but they were, they got lapped by the, uh,
0: by the GCP. Yeah,
1: you know, yes. so why did I GTP Oh my
0: god, you are an America boo. Uh, I mean.
1: Anyway, that, this is a different debate, but I like <laughs> L- LMH kind of sucks. LMDH sucks more. GTP at least is like there is some heritage to it, and I can understand it. What about
0: hypercar?
1: I think, uh, yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, well, Lamar hypercar is not really great. No, I mean, I guess hypercar is worse. LMH at least is like okay. Well, you can kind of say, but it doesn't. It doesn't seem like it signifies anything. At least like GTP is like, oh, I remember that, and then I also can. Like, read the acronym and it makes sort of sense that this is a race car, like.
0: Yes. What I'm cooking with, you've taken a whole, what, three seasons to come <laughs> Sorry, that's mean.
1: Um, I know. Well, I- it's not like I have it anyway. It's just kind of like, man, I-, I mean, at least with GTP, it-, it sort of sounds correct. The other ones just don't even sound like they're like classes for.
0: Classes for. And he's dead. He's dead, everyone. Um, let's move on, Fuji is next the next round of the championship, we've got a, quite an extended summer break, we're going uh, across to Japan, uh, it'll be 26 days and 11 hours uh, from the recording of this podcast, so see if you can work out when we're recording this if you uh, are so inclined, uh, so quite a fair way away still, uh, still almost another month, um, we have already seen that Glickenhaus have said that they're not going to continue the rest of the season, so they're not going to make the flyaway rounds, there's not going to be House in uh, Fuji um, the last time we were at fuji feels like a long time ago but surely we were there just last year right surely it hasn't been that long but you know it's been the first time that we're going to be there with all of the everything in terms of uh the uh the hypercars and everything um what do we expect from fuji as a track in terms of the uh what happens with the cars and what happens with everything else like, where what are we expecting? Are we expecting anything necessarily out of the ordinary?
1: Uh Toyota win because they're the best team ever, and they got the best car ever. Even though they're going to replace it next year, and uh, you know, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be super awesome. They're going to lap the field.
0: They're going to lap the field. You reckon?
1: No, I think Ferrari <laughs> will show up a little bit better. Um, I don't believe there's any scheduled BOP to take place. So, I, my my thought still is that Toyota are going to win it, um, unless that there's some weather. Which
0: is not unheard again,
1: of. Yeah, especially, well, I mean, they, they've they got it moved up now outside of October because October always just seemed like that's when it just constantly rained there. But mm. uh, so we'll see how that works. And hopefully we can get some rain because I would love to see a uh, a wet weather race with uh, the LMH field. That'd be fun and interesting, I feel like.
0: That would be super duper smexy. Um,
1: yeah, see if the Peugeots can win.
0: That would be super interesting. because like, we had a like a little bit of rain at Lamar, but we didn't have a lot of rain at Lamar, did
1: we? We uh at times we did, yeah, at certain parts of the track. Uh yeah. mainly heading in the Porsche curves where like four cars yes. off the plane.
0: I was asleep but, for that, but, um, so I missed that.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was gnarly. Um but yeah, we I mean we haven't had a really wet weather race, but it seems like the Peugeot's handle anything other than perfect conditions better than a lot of the other cars, which Kind of surprises me, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like ground effects
0: yeah. help a lot
1: too I, with that. So I want
0: I, I wonder if we'll actually see you know how like uh in certain conditions you can get the sort of um uh vortexes, visible vortexes off the wings? I wonder if yeah you will be able to see that in the Peugeot's Venturi tunnels, um like Ooh. through like out the back of the brake lights if if the conditions are right.
1: That would be sick.
0: That would be I would sick.
1: I would uh yes, I would I would absolutely pay to see that.
0: Um uh, just quickly I've got a I've got a fun trivia question for you Cookie. Um yes. yes. There is one team that has won the 6 hours of Fuji overall since it's been a WC event that is not a Toyota. Who was it?
1: Uh Rebellion. No. Porsche. Yay. I thought Porsche was the easy answer so I was going to try I, I, was, was, like, I was lowballing it I for you. I didn't think they. Oh okay okay.
0: Porsche, yay! Um, like (laughs) interestingly, interestingly enough, the um Audi's never won in Fuji, like at all. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, mean, when they, well, that yeah, that it. I think they started going to Fuji when 2013 or 2014.
0: 2012 was the first year of the um six hours of Fuji uh, as a modern event. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and Toyota just kept winning it. Yeah, Toyota won. I think that might have yeah. even been their first race win in the WEC, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Don't quote me on that if you're listening.
1: I mean, if Audi haven't won, 2012 would be the first year, and it was just Audi and, Toyo- and, uh, and Toyota, so... Oh,
0: yeah. Audi and yeah,
1: Peugeot. Yeah. Pe- Peugeot would go. sorry. It had to be Toyota.
0: There you go. Yeah. Um, Yes, so that's that's Fuji. No Glickenhaus. Um, how do we feel about that? What do we feel about Glickenhaus's future?
1: Uh, pretty low. Yeah. Pretty low. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they might show up next year for Le Mans, but I I don't know. I just they they need help financially, and I just don't feel like they're gonna get it. And the the the, the customer that they have doesn't really help them. At all with this because that he just wants to do Lamar. So which is understandable, but it's not getting the car out there to, to race without Jim's direct financial support, which they're not really getting. I don't think enough return on their investment for him to be making a lot of money off of it. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Unless, unless the, uh, the road portion of this gets a little, going a little bit more, but I don't. I don't think that's happening either for a while. I mean, he's not really announced anything of like, oh, we're moving into a new building or something. So, you know, it's still working out of a relatively smaller garage and getting that stuff built. So, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, they're going to need some. They're going to need some outside cash injection. I feel like in order yeah. for that team to start doing anything uh, besides just showing up to try to collect a, a check and attention. But, I, yeah, I'm 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 low on them lot of
0: much I like I think Glickenhaus deserves a lot more respect than he's been getting from the w c fans at least in the circles that we've been in because I think you know without him throwing money at a project, we would have had like three years of just Toyota, which would have been terrible um and uh I think people have been unnecessarily harsh on him um and I think he's done something wonderful for the sport and that should be celebrated more and i think I think his legacy will be. A lot better in the future, not so much uh, at the moment. I think it'll be his time in the sport will be reflected on better in five or six years. In my in my personal private, I, personal opinion,
1: yeah, I I, th- I think so. I mean, it's it's tough to say because at least with a lot of other OEMs, I feel like you could kind of like there's some there's some plausible deniability when it comes to like who's making the decisions in terms of mistakes or just what you're going after or what you're experiencing like I mean, I, no one's gonna look bad on rebellion, I don't think at all for what they've done because they they basically just sat and did their own thing as a privateer for so yeah. long and not really like tried i mean i'm not gonna say they didn't try to go into like higher class racing but they're they they stuck to a plan and continued doing it and executing it for like literally over a decade yeah um but at the same time like there's some level of well like they didn't win anything so to speak they did win alms titles and they've won some major you know races over in america but not necessarily in the european championship or the mall but like they at least were, I would say successful in the fact that they were able to stick around for that long. Granted, obviously they're a timepiece company and they have money.
0: Money to burn, but, yeah.
1: But they still, you know, were willing to do that and at least show up and in, in say face. I feel like, yes, I, I, I'm not going to say that people are going to hold that against Jim. I think, I think it would. I think there's a lot of like tease almost like the Nissan L M G T R was to a lot of fans where it's just kind of like, man, it you' know, like I I would think back on it and just look at the opportunities that they had to I don't know, sure up just a little bit of testing, a little bit of of development so that like that their op they're basically their time to shine at Monza the like, two years ago went through and they won instead of blowing an engine and then not winning. Yeah, so that's
0: fair. Um, like that's fair. But like, that and it's, been- just
1: like, it's just like this is like it's that's the only opportunity they really had, and that's like you know it sucks to see like something that was that unique and that interesting and and just even the characters behind it not really have any opportunity to really just stay the course is yeah. you know is unfortunate. That, so
0: that would have been a true David versus Goliath moment, like watershed moment in the sport, and it was a shame that it didn't happen. But I think that's like kind of fine. Um, let's move on from the WEC, um, because I want to talk about the ELMS race that we had at, uh, Paul Ricard, uh, last, um, well, yeah, just the week after that race at Monza because holy heck, that ELMS race was straight fire. Uh, did you watch that ELMS race, Cookie? I
1: watched a little bit. You- watched a little bit of it, uh, <laughs> Just beforehand, just yeah.
0: beforehand, yeah, just before we started <laughs> yeah. recording. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let let me tell you, that was one of the best races of the season, besides all the other best races of the season we've had so far. And I think I not not too many people will disagree with me who have seen the LMS race because you watched most of the first hour, didn't you? Correct. Yeah, um, which means you watched all the slow, boring bits. Um,
1: uh, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, unfortunately, um, and like the race. Ended in an awesome climax. Um, but let's let's talk about a few other things. Uh, firstly, let's talk quickly about Michael Fassbender, who had quite a decent race from a personal standpoint, except for the fact that he got like smacked twice by un- like other cars running into him. What's the dude gonna do to get a break, man? Yeah,
1: I. So I and I was saying it earlier. I don't. I don't know. If it's necessarily that he's done anything crazy wrong. I, I think it's just it's just teething um, still a little bit of a driver who's, you know, I mean, he just picked this up three years ago. Five years uh, ago. Now. Five years ago. Um, and he's basically now running GTE, which is slightly faster machinery than GT3 cars. Like, he's doing... I, I, he's not driving over his head, I don't think, but uh, I think there's still just little fundamentals of just being in the car all the time and and um, and um not necessarily avoiding contact or anything like that, but just kind of being at the wrong place at the wrong time. And yeah. you just, you know, it's just, it's little stuff where that just seems like a platitude, to just a whatever. But, you know, sometimes it is just like experience of knowing like, okay, well, nine times out of 10, if I'm in this spot, like I, it shouldn't necessarily be my fault, but I could be in this kind of not a fortunate scenario for me. Yeah. And- I've just, I've just seen contact and spins and stuff like that. That have, it seems like that's where his head's at still, but I, I'm not going to fault him. I, I'm, I just hope it doesn't discourage him and he just, he keeps his head down and, and keeps at it. Like, cause it's, he's, he's got speed. Like, he's not slow, uh, which is what I think everybody's worried about when an actor tries to, to pick <laughs> up the sport. But, um, like, I'm, I don't know if he's got Paul Newman speed, but he's definitely quick. Like, yeah. He's not slow.
0: And uh, as well, like it's a good thing you make about the good point you make about the um like just being in the wrong place at the wrong time because the first uh the first incident he was just one hundred percent not his fault the, the the car that's tried to make the move on the inside has just absolutely got it wrong and just basically plowed into the side of him and it's like you can't really do anything in that situation you're just kind of in the wrong spot but uh yeah like. Could a better driver have identified that would be an issue and turned out into the runoff? I don't know. It's just, it's one of those things. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, one of those things where a little bit more experience and he may have been able to make a quicker, better decision um, in that situation. Uh, what I will say though, is that once we had the safety car um, for the Team Virage car, well, sorry, it wasn't the Team Virage car. Once we had the safety car, the entire race just lit up. Uh, the second half of the race, and of course you missed this, so you don't know shit. Um, the second half of the race was absolutely wonderful. And we almost saw team, Racing Team Turkey take another overall win. It was like that close, um, which would have been quite something after their not surprise win at at Barcelona. Like if they'd backed that up and gone through two for two, that would have been just wild.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I mean their performances have been fantastic it would have been much deserved too it just uh yeah it was a bold strategy call that just um it didn't pay out i mean it could have been a lot worse though
0: yeah that's true <laughs> so if if you guys haven't seen the end of the race i'm i am going to spoil it for you because it was wonderful but leading in, coming into the last stint it was delatraz uh who was fighting off uh james allen and neil johnny so racing team turkey algar pro and duquesne um I think Delatraz elected to keep the same tires on the car. Whereas the other two drivers uh, had fresher rubber to put on the car. And like, it was very clear that the fresh rubber was going to get them home. And like, as well, just as a sidebar, the weather at Paul Ricard was ludicrous. It was something like 35 degrees uh, air temperature. So it was, yeah, it was quite warm. Um, I am going to see if I can actually get a proper exact number on that. Uh, Let's see weather report. Um, But like, it was tire burning temperature effectively. Yeah, like highs of, highs of 30, uh, air temperature, 50 degree tack temperature. So like l- quite bad time if you're a, you know, uh, right front, uh, t- left front tire at Paul Ricard. Um, and eventually it became clear that the tire was undergoing some significant stress because his lap times just dropped off a cliff. And yeah, with not long left, with less than 10 minutes left, like less than 10 minutes left in the race cookie. And the top four cars were separated by less than five seconds. <laughs> it was that close. And That's in, the, crazy. in the end, James Allen got through to lead the race. And take the win. A second ahead of Neil Johnny, And t- four seconds behind that. Louis Delatraz managed to hold on for third. Ahead of uh the Inter-Europol competition car. I think it was uh uh Rui Andrade in that car at the time. And that was like half a second. Quarter of a second at the line. So after four hours of racing cookie. The top four cars were within six seconds. And like it was super duper tense. uh Between that. So like super duper cool race do recommend if you haven't watched it uh, at least catch the 52 minute highlights because it was a great race
1: yeah I mean just the the Elams just the finish that I was watching was yeah how close those cars were Um, it just it it felt like another classic Elams race um, in terms of super exciting it does it in a different way Mm. and it kind of just like you don't know what's going to happen until the end i mean we've seen kind of like three to four car finishes within five seconds in other classes i i'm I'm failing to remember one recently in, in the top class lmp2 um being that close between that many cars uh that was again just another reason why it's it's not like it's not like, you know, ElMS is exciting because it does the same thing over and over again, which is exciting. It just seemingly just has these random lottery draws for like things are exciting from a different way in a in a, in a, in a different way every single race weekend. Yeah. So it's just ElMS is awesome.
0: The quality of racing that we get to see in ElMS is wonderful. Like the, 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 the driving talent is just off the scale. And like as well. Not only, like, we're talking about, you know, like, the tire was suffering. When they pulled the tire, like, pulled the car into Park Ferme, they got one of the cameramen to, like, take a, a picture or, like, bring the car onto the, the camera onto the front right, the uh, front left tire, like, through the big honking hole. And that thing was wrecked. It was delaminated on the inside. You could see the cords. The, obviously, the rubber and the cording had splayed out and had damaged the bodywork. Like, he drove on, effectively, a punctured tire for the last two laps of the race and still managed to finish a, a three seconds behind the winners. Like, in- incredible. Incredible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially with it taking chunks of the bodywork off yeah. as as he's trying to finish. Like, uh, I mean... Shocking. That's no, that's no small feat.
0: No, not at all. Um, other notable results, uh, the cool racing and, uh, AF Corsa cars, uh, finished up, uh, the the podium in Pro Am. Uh, racing spirit of Le Mans won LMP3 ahead of Rinaldi racing and cool racing. And then GTE was pro competition, uh, in the number 77 taking the win ahead of Iron Links and TF Sport. I'm kind of over- rushing through this, so I want to talk about a few things upcoming for the ELMS. Now, uh, we've, we know now that LMP2 is out of the WEC, which means that a lot of the teams that would be looking for a WEC full season drive in LMP2 are heading to the European Le Mans series. We're expecting at some, like, some huge number of LMP2 cars, uh, because of course they're all gonna be competing for a spot at Le Mans, one of the 15 guaranteed spots for LMP2 cars at Le Mans. Um, and of course, with GTE going in the way of the Dodo, GT3 is gonna be uh, the main car of choice for the GT ranks. Uh, the question that I've seen posed by those who are on the button with these sort of things, particularly Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com, is what happens to LMP3? Now, LMP3 has been a, a platform that you've really enjoyed, Cookie, but it's due for a refresh in terms of its engine tender and its chassis tender in the next few years. What uh, if the grids of if the grid of LMP2 cars and GT3 cars start to invade invade? What happens to the LMP3 class in the European Le Mans Series, Cookie?
1: Uh, that's a good question. I, I I wouldn't even be shocked if they try to do something like a Michelin Pilot Sport Challenge where they do an LMP3 a GT4 race or something like that. Like because I just it I could easily see where the Yellow Musk doesn't do that because they, they have to kind of be a catch all for some of the teams that aren't in WC can't be WC or just aren't necessarily good enough for that. And I mean, it, it would be weird to see them be denying uh, some stalwart teams in GT3 um, next year, you know, that have been in the UMS just so that it supports their LMP3 model. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, or we, or really, or back that, or realistically, we see them try to expand a bit on the um, Road to Lamar series. I mean, I don't like they—they've got basically too much. <laughs> they got too much now to try to like spread around into all of the different series. They essentially need to start falling back on something else, making another tier, so to speak, so that they do have a, a, an outlet for these teams to to try to utilize. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do right now have. Uh, a lack of better term and embarrassment of riches when it comes to people that are interested and want to be involved in all the series. It's just how do you divvy that out without necessarily um you know locking out a lot of good quality racing in the ACO's ladder system for years or decades and, even.
0: And that's the thing as well, it has been a ladder system. Like you look at teams that have built their way up through the ladder, starting in L M P three, like, for example, into Europol, who won a championship in LMP3, built an LMP2 team, moved through the LMS and then went went to the WC and won Lamar. You look at the likes of Cool Racing, which has, you know, cars in the Leisure European Series, LMP3 and LMP2. They're building their way through the ladder. Uh, it's, you know, it's not that long ago that some of these teams, like United Autosports, were building their way through uh, the ACO ladder. So, yeah, I wonder whether the... The latter kind of gets diverted, um, because of the oversubscription. And like, the, the class isn't huge at the moment either. We've got, what, something like uh, 11 cars, 12 cars at the moment? So, you know, in comparison to the LMP2 class, it's only a little bit smaller. But like, if we're seeing, like, I've seen, saw a daily sports car article where there, he's supposing 20 LMP2 cars for next year in ELMS like if you've got 20 LMP2 cars in the grid, where, where's the rest of the grid going to like, you know, what where's that going to come from? Like yeah, you can't, yeah. you're going to squeeze some people out.
1: Yeah. I mean, and this, you know, it's not like even to the extent to where we have enough pit stalls. I mean, mm. you know, we're, we're super hamstrung, especially with the core, like the courses that are, that we're going to the LMS. I mean, they're mostly uh, FIA grade ones and they do have like that, that, essential european paddock but like it's not necessarily the most like efficient when when it comes to cramming people in you know at least with some of the american tracks, you can kind of make like it work by expanding in, it yeah right right it's just a wall so it's you know for pit stops so to that extent like it's a it's a little bit easier to manage this kind of massive swelling of of car counts but i must really can't handle that like they can only really handle so many so yeah uh i saw that too that was uh, it's surprising that 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 many are looking potentially to go in, into the class um or, or it even seems that like the aco are are looking to have that many um as many as 20 uh, lb2s In It seems crazy to me. I mean, the, the racing will probably be insane. Um, but yeah, it it really does then mean that, uh, we're going to see either way less GTs than we thought, or we're going to see the LMP3, um, category get just axed completely and maybe just stay in Asian law series and then road to the Yeah.
0: That, and I think that would be a shame I think the lMP3 despite it being a little more difficult to follow because of the pit stop regulations and uh you yeah, the bronze driver or oh, well, not the bronze driver but the like confirmed AM thing um, it does bring a lot of color and a lot of character and I think taking lower classes out of multi-class events is a bad thing because you're then sort of sanitizing the uh pace difference between everyone and I love when there's weird pace differences because it makes the racing interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it adds an entire random factor to it, which you you really can't control to a certain extent, and can really hamper the pace of a faster car that should maybe get to pull away, but can't because they're not either. They're not managing traffic as well. They're just getting caught in bad times of traffic, and it just adds an entire variable to it that you don't find in the other
0: it uh, is, series. It is the good stuff, which is why I kind of have turned off of just GT3 racing lately because it is just a little samey, but that's another conversation. Uh, the next round for the ELMS, which is really, really cool, is at Aragon, uh, in the, uh, Spanish, well, the Spanish attack that a lot of the teams use for, um, uh, testing actually, Cookie. Uh, a lot of, a lot of teams have gone there for testing, group testing. Uh, I think even a bunch of the hypercars, um, have gone and done uh, testing at Aragon, but the interesting thing for the next race of the season is that it is a night race. It will run through into twilight, which I think is bloody cool. They should do more. They should try and do more of that. Um, yes, th- it'll be it'll be a new track for racing um, for the European Le Mans Series. What do you reckon about the Aragon Circuit and its uh, its format for European Le Mans Series? Do you reckon it'll make a good U- ELMs track? Yeah, why not? Ah. Why not? Everything makes, be good. everything makes a good LMS track. Of course, it's got the long back straight, um, and the kind of inverted corkscrew, like where it's a, uh, well, it's it's a, kind of like a long corkscrew with a really really long exit to it. Um, yes. Yeah, a track normally used for MotoGP. Of course, it is the height of summer in the Iberian Peninsula, um, and uh, the fact that we're doing a night race is probably actually you know quite good planning from the ACO. But I wonder, you know, we saw quite a lot of tyre dramas uh, at Paul Ricard because of the heat. What how what is that going to have? What effect is that going to have rather on the cars at uh, Aragon?
1: Uh great question. Somebody with a way better experience than I can answer that. But I, I don't know. I think I think it would be uh, slightly similar to what we're seeing here. Potentially um some setups uh, on cars can can maybe cause some punctures and we might you know we might see that I don't I don't necessarily think that I mean the, the track layout itself will kind of have some areas where you can run over some debris, but um I mean I think Paul Ricard was Definitely pretty hot. We'll just see what the the temperatures are going to be like. I, I mean, it's still not going to be cool when they start racing. So um, it might be a case where yeah, they might have to baby their tires a bit um, early on in the race just to make sure that they're not going to start abusing them, and see after the first couple stops what the uh, the conditions of the tires are like, and then they can go from there. Uh, I I absolutely love the fact that they're going to Aragon. I think it's a cool circuit. Yeah, I also love the fact that they're going to try to do this at night. Which, I mean, I think that they, you know, like it's just—it's cool. Like it's—it's it's cool. I it 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 like it makes it seem like it's a little bit more entertainment-like. Just and you don't need to do anything other than just like literally have them go race. You know, like immediately into the night. Like it, it feels. Like a slight American thing <laughs> that like a lot of Europeans or like uh, the rest of the, the rest of the series just don't want to do. But honestly, it's it's cool. I it's like really that.
0: Cool. Well, we, it's not yeah. the first it's not it wouldn't won't be the first European Le Mans series night race because they did a Barcelona uh running from daytime into nighttime a few times. Uh I remember mm-hmm. during the COVID years. Um interesting to me, I've I've never watched a car race at Aragon. The only racing I've ever watched at Aragon has been MotoGP. GP, but they use a different configuration in the last corner so you know in MotoGP cookie the last corner is this beautiful long sweeping left-hander that kind of dips down after the back straight and then rises up over the crest as you come over the main straight they don't Mm -hmm. use that they don't use that for for car races they go a bit further down the straight and use this extremely tight hairpin and it's kind of a long chicane back onto the main straight
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, definitely a a spot to see some uh, last thoroughly breakers and sending mail and whatnot uh, because yeah, you're absolutely mail? right. It is
0: sending yeah, mail, l- licking, licking licking multiple stamp stamps, and sending it, and then sending the mail. I I guess sending the mail is an appropriate metaphor. Um, uh, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Continue, please. Sorry. Wow,
1: I I got my reaction out of uh, the butchering of that quote. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's another uh great opportunity for overtaking. Not to say that the other, other configuration configuration wouldn't have, but I think here you can absolutely see people defend or even try to retake the position if they lost it earlier in the straight. Um, yeah, Good it's, point. it's a completely different, it's a, it's a different look to some of the course. And, uh, and yeah, realistically, the only stuff that I've even really had experience with is like watching a couple of YouTube videos of some formula, like Renault cars, drive it, um, and also an eye racing, so it's just kind of like it's 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 a classic track. I love the uh, scenery too with it. Just kind of you know the the rock face on it's on the, part the kind of, the of the circuit.
0: Yeah, kind of sort of badlands sort of vibe of just like yeah. rock and dust and dirt and yeah,
1: exactly. And then yeah, your uh, your inverted um, corkscrew sort of like. Much more tame, but still very cool, Corkscrew.
0: Yeah, it's that's pretty rad. I think I think it will be a great spectacle, and I can't wait to watch. So that'll be in two weeks' time, so a bit sooner than the WC round, which will be nice. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to watch some more uh, moto, uh MotoGP action. Gosh, I'm such a, <laughs> some <laughs> European lawn series action.
1: Hey um, man, let's, let's get some multi-class racing in though. Let's get some legit multi-class racing. Let's put some moto. Let's put some motorcycles racing around some sports cars.
0: <laughs> Far out. That that just those words together legitimately terrifies me. Um, <laughs> speaking of things that legitimately terrify me, IMSA also had a race at Road America last weekend, um, and that's true. Uh, very much dominated by a particular brand of car, which made me happy. Uh, but not after a bit of a, a comedy of errors from another particular ca- brand of car. Um, Cookie, did you watch the race? It is it was from uh, your your neck of the woods, the Cheese Lands.
1: Yes, it is. It is where I, it's where I originally have called home, and uh yeah, it it would be what I would consider my uh, my local uh home track. Even though you e- off there's like one track, track that's now I do, but yeah, <laughs> when I when I when I lived there, I I didn't. But yeah, uh, I mean, I would go to Malky Mile, which is an oval, and then there's a really really small short track, like uh like a quarter mile short track, but it's like really heavily banked. It's this. It's it looks like it's like um. Like I don't know, like one of those cages where you see like motorcycles drive around like on the on the edge of the wall and stuff like that. And it feels <laughs> like that. It straight up does. It's called Slinger Super Speedway. And that's actually coming to iRacing soon. They Slinger said they were gonna be out super of that.
0: Speedway.
1: Slinger Super Speedway, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so that's technically my home track in, uh, for oval racing, but Road America is definitely my home track for road, uh, road courses. And it it just helps that it's one of the best tracks ever. So
0: I do agree that it's one of the best tracks ever. Um, so I will be completely upfront and honest. I haven't seen the race. Um, like it's not come up on a replay yet that I've seen. And I have made no effort to go and watch the race. What I did see, however, was that Porsche won and they were clinical, which made me very happy. Uh, and BMW had a really weird race. Uh can you shed some light on what happened to the the BMW?
1: Uh yes, absolutely. They um the the 24 car had an issue with elec- the electronics on it. It basically died um partway through the, the race and they tried to limp it back home. The 25 had a problem uh with in between the steering wheel and the seat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Basically, we had one of their... Uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Conor DeFilippi, like ran off wide into the gravel trap. Had to get pushed out by the marshals. And I guess that was the reason why he said the balance was off. And so when he Sorry. went past all the GT field, he then couldn't control his car heading into the kink and ran wide, smacked the, uh, smacked the kink wall, and just basically ruined their race. And they came out like... So, so 40 minutes to go to the race.
0: So to clarify, Cookie, when did Colo Filippi end up in the gravel?
1: That was uh, during the warm-up lap. During the, the warm-up started.
0: lap. When was the last time <laughs> yes. you saw a car crash on the warm-up lap? Uh, I do have uh, an answer for
1: this. Wasn't it this year? Oh, when this year? I'm trying to think. I feel like there was something that happened. Um... But no, not to, not according to Corny Narrative. When was the last time? I don't know.
0: The last time I remember seeing one was in the 2021 race, uh, WEC race at Spa francorchamps where Mike Wainwright g- bin the car in the Campus S's, uh, like on the warm-up lap and that car was out of the race. That was, that was the last time I remember. There's a few other times. I remember, uh, in supercars once where, uh, uh, Cameron Waters and uh Scott McLaughlin crashed into each other at, at like the support race of the F one. Uh and also there was a time where Scott McLaughlin, back driving the Volvo, remember the Volvo? Um, he had an oil line pop off of his car at Adelaide, uh, coming out of the center chicane on the warm up lap and just spray the entire rear wheels with oil and crashed it into the tire bra- like into the concrete on like the second corner of the warm up lap. It was super duper weird. Uh uh, this I, I
1: don't know if this technically counts, but yeah, the uh, 24 hours of Spa this year had they were in the safety car for like the first ten minutes, and a car a Porsche I think like sp- uh, crashed over Radion like I think trying to catch back up to the field for uh, something. So, no, so that was that was earlier this year. Um, they were technically in safety car conditions, and it was you know like a damp track, so that is
0: I, almost yeah. so unforgivable. Technically.
1: Technically, not the exact first lap of the warm up, but it still was before the race had technically gone underway. Jeez. So I would, uh,
0: that is yeah. hilarious. Um, yes. Anything else much happen, uh, during the race at Road America?
1: Um, let's see. No, not necessarily. Uh, Corvette, um, screwed another one up. They had an issue with, uh, their pits, uh, they had a minimum fueling time violation that they had to then do a stop and go, uh, I believe, uh, they ended up managed, they managed to get like within 20 seconds again, or like less than 20 seconds with the leads. They were definitely closing, but, uh, I believe they settled for third, so that was unfortunate. They definitely had that one pretty handily in the bag. I think I didn't think Dustin Martin really had anything for him. So yeah. Um, and uh, let's see the other the other classes. Uh, Thirty one. Um, who is it? Sims, I think. Bend it in the actual warm up. The 15 minute warm up before the race started, and they, uh, the action express boys did a crazy job getting that thing repaired and able to race. They had to start from the rear. Yeah. Lost their pull. I thought they would have had a shot to actually contend with the Porsches, but yeah, Porsches just ran away with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we, uh, we saw some, we saw the Michael Shank, Meyer Shank Racing 60 close up the Acura, but couldn't do anything. Traffic really impeded the Porsche at the end Um and yeah, Campbell kind of under underscore or underplaying his role saying basically that like he had really easy traffic at the first half of the race and it started to fall away from him uh traffic wise by the end. But I, I don't know. I mean, it didn't seem like he was, it didn't seem like a lot of people were, were affected that much by traffic. He was, it looked like he was steadily pulling away before, even when they weren't dealing with traffic, so yeah, yeah, they just seemed like they had uh, they had everybody's number.
0: Nice, I, I'm glad to hear that Campbell is doing good things in that Porsche seat because i i was i, I was a bit disappointed that he missed out on a drive at Le Mans. Um, so the fact that he's you know putting his hand up and saying, "Hey, I can still drive this car properly," good is you know good. Um, in my Yeah, opinion. it was a great stint by him. Yeah. Um. I also saw that Ben Keating won again in LMP2, now taking the LMP2 class lead, which is just so Ben Keating.
1: Uh, yeah, LMP2 was just a mess. Everybody was firing off. Uh, um. I don't want to say it was a mess. I would say LMP3 was a mess. They, there was just so much carnage in LMP3, and it was mostly just car- LMP3s going off. Yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> But one of them, I, I'm diverting from LMP2. But one of them, like, went off at the end of uh, the carousel. Yeah, I mean, just sh- sh- got off the track. It looked like he was doing like a hundred miles off the track. Far and like, but like, he crumpled the front of it. Like, pretty. I, I don't want to say he hit the crash structure, but it was. I don't even know how he got that car back. Um, it didn't even look like there was too much suspension problems, just the the all the bodywork was all just completely smashed in in the nose. So, but yeah, that was the I think that was second place at the time.
0: Jeez. There was
1: a lot of like a lot of crazy stuff. I think the leader had spun at, at one point. Um, but yeah, so LMP3 was a mess, LMP2 was a little bit more controlled, but you still saw a lot of a lot of mistakes in LMP2. And, and of course, you know, like Ben Keating's just not going to, so
0: yeah, because he's Ben Keating and, um, and he's good.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it, solid.
0: Yeah. Right, okay. So I kind of want to move on from talking about Road America. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I want to talk about the new IMSA season that's just dropped. Um, the, the calendar for 2024 was one of the big talking points of the weekend, uh, for the IMSA championship. Um, they are maintaining a 12 round season um across the IMSA events uh for their classes um one of those is just a uh St Petersburg race um and sorry uh yeah one of them is just for the um like the VP uh, fuels lowest category of the wrong um, at St. Petersburg. Another one is uh, Mission Pilot Challenge and the VP Fuels series at Mid-Ohio. And then 12 races for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Um, an expanded endurance championship cookie. Uh, we've got a fifth endurance round this time at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway which is cool. Uh, thoughts on that one? Mm. Do I have to? <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> no, I
1: mean... I don't know. It's, it's great. I mean, it's all right.
0: Six, six hours of indie, Not, 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 not your huge. I wrote
1: America. I mean, yeah. I've been, I, you know, that's just, that's just, that's my deal. Uh, I mean, I feel like that or Laguna Sega should be getting some more hours in it. Um, You know, an Indy, Indy just feels like it would be a nice sprint race or like it, combined with Car or something like that. Like
0: it's just, but I don't but know. Um, think of think of Penske. What, what, what will Penske do if there's not a six hour endurance race at Indianapolis?
1: I mean, I'm 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 fine with the fact that he's able to help, like support the championship with this round enough to, I guess, a lot for an extra endurance round. Like, I, I, it just, you know, it's just it's it's what Roger Penske wants. So, it, you know, it's not necessarily like what. I don't know if all the fans would necessarily agree with like this. Obviously, people in the in the area that can go to this or can travel to this are going to appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the The thing that will probably help soften the blow is just seeing all the infield stuff because it seems like they're going to be opening up a lot of the infield for camping. And so at least from that aspect, it's something that people can go to and that's, that seems like that would be pretty cool to be able to do that. Um, but it's just the track is not really my favorite at all. And
0: You don't have to be kind, Cookie.
1: Yeah, it's it <laughs> like, I just, I, I think Road America deserves that. I think, like I said, um, you know, whatever we're calling Laguna Seca now. You know, uh, I
0: believe it is WeatherTech raceway. raceway in Laguna Seca.
1: I think that would that would be an amazing six hour race. It's just it it sucks to see it have to be Indy, and it sucks <laughs> to see that like like if it weren't for Roger Penske demanding this and demanding it be at Indy, we probably would only just still see four. And it's like I don't know, it just yeah. it's, I'm not. I you know like I, what what you know what am I saying? There's, there's more racing. It's another endurance round. It'll this will be interesting to watch. It's just. You know, I I, like, the picture I'm getting is, like, an hour four. I'm watching them go through, like, the first chicane of the infield. And I'm like, is this going to be, like, entertaining? Like, is this, like, you know, uh, we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out.
0: Um, The addition of Indy has come at the expense of Lime Rock, Um, So Lime Rock won't be on the calendar next year as a GT-only event. We will still have the GT-only event at Virginia International Raceway, which is awesome. Um, But that is is one part of the schedule that I wanted to talk about. The other part is that um, there's quite a lot of clashes between the IMSA calendar and the already announced... uh, your endurance, major endurance races for next year, including the WEC, including the, uh, the 24 hours of Spa and the 24 hours of Nurburgring. So here's, here's just a quick rundown from the Daily Sportscraft uh, article. Um, there are multiple scheduled clashes with the 2024 WEC season. Long Beach will be running the same weekend as April as the WC race at Imola. The race at Laguna Seca scheduled is the same weekend as the Six Hours of Spa, and the weekend at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park is being held at the same dates as the WC return to Sao Paulo. In addition, the Detroit Grand Prix, so the one that they're using on a new Detroit street track for some reason, um, clashes with the Nurburgring 24-hour, and the Endurance Cup race at Watkins Glen runs at the same weekend as the Spa 24-hours. That is for a 12 round calendar to have six events clashing with major sports car events including the series in which you have a convergence of tech- like a convergence of regulations agreement with is kind of ridiculous in fact it's not kind of ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous
1: I mean, I, I so we this this has been this was posted in our uh, IMSA racing and I, I made comments over there which you can go read yourself and yeah, it's great, um, good discussions, uh, you know. Uh, but I in it, you know, people have been making the you know just the standard comments like you know like this is this is a lot of clashes like well you know this seems kind of insane for them to kind of do this. And it's just like, well, this is kind of like the AMS has always done this. Um, they always seem to release the schedule. Um, it's cool. that They do it at road America. Uh, props for that. I don't know. I just, they do a state of the sport thing. That's so late in the year that like it, whether or not that was the norm before that everybody has been, you know, like has had to need to figure out sponsorships and all this stuff. Um, you know, it's not the norm anymore. Everybody has been trying to get as much calendar stuff in as humanly possible. Um, but basically, again, it just, it, it screams to the, 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 standardized way of how these, the sporting events operate here in America is just like, they, they react solely to the sponsorship and to, you know, what, what their sponsorships or what, the, what their, um partners are basically able to work with and like that's full end that's full stop they are like a sponsorship partnership priority first kind of championship to raise money to support the championship which it has its strengths and has its weaknesses it's just that this is this is pretty extreme Mm. um and yep I don't know of a lot of IMSA rounds that actually genuinely change their dates. Um, they keep them pretty pretty close to set in stone. And I just, like, in a lot of the stuff, too, I mean, they, they, they booted Lime Rock because of unavoidable scheduling conflicts. Well, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me when you're dealing with this in the first place that, like, okay, well, the priority doesn't seem to be the championship tracks or locations, the priority is just like a scheduled conference for sponsorships. Like this doesn't seem like it's anything other than that. And I I, I don't know. It just, it, it rubs me the wrong way every single time this happens. Cause again, like the reason why we did this and why IMSS is in a position that it is now is because everybody went, put their hands up and went, okay, well we probably should stop competing against each other constantly. Like basically like let's the, let's get on the, the
0: same team here,
1: right? Yeah, like what, constantly watering down the product because we want to, you know, have our cake and eat it too. So they merged to make, you know, like the USCR at the time, and now the Tech you know, championship. So it's just it's confusing to me that MC has got to this point where it can wield significant amounts of power, yet chooses to do so and like do it directly at it's quote-unquote competition internationally, which is... We're not really... It's not supposed to be competition anymore. Like uh,
0: it's It it just seems a bit, you know, mindless, brainless. And, like, you know, if you look at... If you say that the IMSA Championship... Who are the customers of the IMSA Championship? It's not necessarily the people watching. It's the people competing. It's the manufacturers. You know, the manufacturer pay, what, like a six-figure buy-in to get into the series? If your customers Mm -hmm. are going to be the likes of porsche of bmw of cadillac maybe um well this is maybe relevant for cadillac will make sense in a second if these are your customers and they have programs factory programs in events like the world endurance championship or the 24 hours of nurburgring the 24 hours of spa because they're intercontinental gt challenge championship teams and they've got significant gt3 programs what service are you doing to your customers who are paying to race in your series? If you are then saying we're or, like you can't race in that because we're scheduling an event on the same weekend. Like you think of the amount of drivers uh, for particularly for BMW and for uh, for Porsche who would have already been thinking about or been timetabling in events in the WEC or in the 24 Hours of Spa, the 24 Hours of Nurburgring. Like. You know, the entire Porsche GTP team were racing in those two events for GT3 cars, and like Manti is taking over the GT3 car in in the World Endurance Championship. Probably some of the Porsche drivers involved in IMSA would be involved in that. It just it just doesn't make sense. You're basically ousting your customers for say, for for being committed to motion for multiple programs because you're clashing with all these events. And, like, I'm sure it's not just Porsche and BMW who are in this boat as well. Lamborghini, if they get their GTP program running as well, like, if it's an Intercontinental GT Challenge, they're going to be racing in those events, and they're racing in the WEC. Like... If Honda or Acura starts their GTP or their hypercar program, if that's something that happens, they're going to have to make a choice between IMSA and WC. Well, they're probably not going to now. They're probably just going to say in GTP and IMSA because, well, like if half the rounds are going to clash with WC events, well, then how the hell are they going to get an infrastructure built up the WC? Like it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's not very like friendly (laughs) it's a very unfriendly schedule and uh, yeah like it's right
1: i mean and it's a gamble it's it's just basically like do you know what do we prioritize first and they clearly are trying to prioritize their sponsors and and the people that are paying are helping them pay the bills which is you know uh, it's understandable to a degree it's just that the level at which they're going about this is is again, extreme when it comes down to the fact that like a lot of the same driver talent pools and teams, and, and again, like their customers, direct customers, as you say, are going to have to start making choices. And it's just kind of not in the spirit of where we're heading or what we're trying to do here in any of the other series around the world. I mean, you you know, you talk to Steven Rattel and you talk to, you know, the ACO guys, FA guys, like they're... they're Fion, yeah. yeah, I mean, like they're trying to make things as, as more inclusive as possible, because I I think that they're seeing dollar signs when it comes down to having massive grids, having lots of talent, attracting a lots of, you know, sponsorships and partners due to that, you know, a success. And realistically, IMSS is just trying to carve their own out of it, but doing it in a way that it's not, you know, like it's, it's making themselves look bad but we should understand that because they're just chasing sponsorship. And it, it just... It, it sucks because, again, like, you know, they're, nobody's beholden to the fans, even though, like, that's what everybody says. But, like, at the same time, I mean...
0: They're not beholden you know, to the fans. They're beholden to their stakeholders, Cookie.
1: Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That's that's the perfect word to use because yeah. you don't... Everybody. But, yeah, it's... um Yeah, I, I just... It doesn't feel very friendly, like you said, and it just, uh, it doesn't feel very like in the name of sports cars uh, that we've been trying to do for however long. In the name of like,
0: convergence. Like, you know, yeah. the whole point of getting everyone onto the same regulations was that you could have teams come over to the other event, whether that be GT3 or in, uh, or GTP or hypercar come over to the other series and race. If you're going to make it harder for them to do that, then what is the point of having convergent regulations?
1: Right, right, exactly. But- it, it, it it it, again like and and it wasn't explained there like the thing is is like john is always full of platitudes like he's he's always got you know not like they're bad and it's not like he's not doing a good job it's just that like he's always kind of had an ability to kind of talk around sometimes some of these subjects especially when he's at mazda god talk trying to trying to like talk down fans that were like, why the hell can we not win these races? Yeah. Like, that's tough. That's definitely tough. Um, but he's, he's explained himself pretty, pretty well on a lot of things with this stuff. It just doesn't like, there's no acknowledgement of the awkwardness that is, that has to come from this. Like, it's just kind of like, well, you know, this is, this is, this is the only thing that we could come up with guys. Like this is, this is it. And you know, like we had some scheduling conflicts, like, like, again it's not like of course you had scheduling conflicts if you if you put all these dates here that clearly screams that you had lots of scheduling conflicts that for some reason you decided to put them on on the exact race weekend of a major endurance race in some other part of the world like no duh you've got scheduling (laughs) conflicts like what on earth is going on i think is what people want to know because like if it's one or two rounds like Okay, like, I can understand yeah. that <laughs> because you have a window for the local authorities to have this certain thing, and that's when it's usually been. And that, yeah, like Nurburgring 24 and Spot 24 can shift on their dates every now and then, but like.
0: But like uh, they've uh, been locked like, in for over a year now. Or sorry, not right, over a year. They've and, been and, locked in for a few months.
1: It's it's crazy to me, too, that like this will come out after everybody else has had months essentially to chew on every other major sporting's, uh, sports car racing endurance calendar. Uh, for like I said, for months and that uh, now this comes out and that it's so inter- interspersed with major endurance rounds from other championships that it's like, I, I mean, like, Bruh. why? Bruh. <laughs> like, what is the actual reason here besides scheduling conflicts? Like, is it specifically because you cannot seem to tell any of your sponsors? No. And that like you, like you gotta have like, you have to have like, you cannot race on these weekends because of actual scheduling conflicts. And not necessarily on, like, oh, well, this track is is has already been booked for uh, a lemons race that weekend, so we couldn't take that race weekend or something. Because, like, these are insane scheduling conflicts that I don't actually understand. And it's not like they're doing back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks on some of these things because they have to cram them in on a four-week schedule because all the tracks want to race then. Mm. They all seem to be pretty spaced out. So, like... I, 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 I just don't get it. Like, I just don't get it.
0: It is quite confusing. And you would think, like, major sports car events, you'd block out, like, you don't want to race the same weekend as, like, Lamar or Nürburgring or Spa, even, like, especially when you're in that same market. I can understand if a WC event clashes because you know twelve rounds versus nine rounds. You know it's hard to actually get that to match up nicely, even though you've got the full summer period. Where I mean, sorry, not the full summer period, the full winter period. I'm on the wrong side of the earth. My apologies. Um, wherein you know Daytona starts the series off in mid-January, whereas you know uh the WC doesn't start till March. So you can kind of play around with that, but it's like yeah, it just seems to be that uh they. I don't want to say, like, they've maliciously intentionally scheduled... Like, they just had not thought about it. And it just seems to me that, like, that is very insular inward thinking when you've got a very outward global audience and customer base. So, yeah. Bit dumb. Um...
1: I mean, and then last uh, there's two things not to mention Canadian Tire Morrisburg Park got absolutely screwed because they yeah, lost no GTP That's and it's on the same weekend as IndyCar and in, what is it Montreal I think or something uh, it's the uh, same
0: weekend as IndyCar at I was just looking at it uh, not
1: Montreal um, at Indy uh, no at, like Toronto or something I think uh, it's like it's like Indy in Canada so well, like a lot of people are like well, why would we go, you know, like, they would want to go to an IndyCar race, potentially more than the IMSA race, but even if there was GTP, but there's no GTP, so, like, half the appeal for people is to go see GTP, and they'd literally remove that, so, like, the Canadians got completely neutered in terms of having their IMSA schedule like, thrown over, and again, it's like LMP2, GTD Pro, and GTD, so, like, there's an entire race for LMP2 that they gotta show up for that they're the yeah. top. Like, it's just really strange. It's a really strange calendar. Then lastly, Indianapolis Punisher Speed was September 20th through the 22nd. And then Petit Mans two weeks later at, at, uh, at Road Atlanta. So, it's just weird that they now have two endurance rounds where essentially they've got a six hour race and then a ten hour race two weeks later. Yeah. Like, it's not spaced out really kind of after Road America or before Road America. It's like right smack, right at the end of the,
0: Wait, did the, you say that, that, uh, that, that's two weeks later? Isn't that the same weekend that, um, that, uh, what's it called? That, uh, the indie uh, the SRO, Indy uh, GT World Challenge event is? Hang on, let me just look this up. because uh, like, uh, I'm pretty sure the, uh, the uh, sorry the Inter- intercontinental GT uh, for IGTC 2024.
1: Fire. Uh, it'll at October 5th. So that would be a week before.
0: Okay, it's a, so it's a week before. So yeah, they've got yeah. they've got three weeks between because I because uh, I noticed that the indie round of the uh, IMSA is two weeks before the indie round of. Uh, the IGTC, and so like a week after that, then you're in Road Atlanta. Okay, so that's not the worst, but still, it's only a three-week turnaround between the two endurance events there.
1: Yeah, it just it 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 feels it feels weird. It, it the scheduling feels a little weird, and I also then understand too that they're you know Petit's going to be at the. The early part of October, they really just don't do mid or or late October anymore for obvious reasons. Because good Ugh. lord, when they it's did moist. it in November, that was no, not moist. Well, I guess yeah, they did have some uh, tropical storm, but it was cold, man. It was it got below uh, freezing, so Shit, we were. That, uh, that sounds awful. Yeah, in in Atlanta, Georgia, So that was that was fun. That was super fun. I don't want to do that again.
0: Well, would you would you prefer that, or would you prefer the the time that? They had to cancel, or like, had to finish the race early because it was just so wet.
1: Oh yeah, that was my first time I ever went to Petit. Nice. I, I had uh, yeah, and in the, in the when they rain shortened the twenty seventeen Rolex twenty four. That was my first Rolex. <laughs> so I, 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 have, I have, and then also I think the first time I went to Daytona five hundred, it got rained out on Sunday. I went back Everywhere on Monday. Go. And it got rained out. You yeah, and then,
0: bring the weather. With I you. know.
1: It was. It literally was maybe a I, thing where I was like, "Well, I'm going to do my like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. I like. I bring the rain. It's like NASCAR's thing, where like they've had 22 out of 37 events this year be have be affected rain. by inclement weather. Yeah. Wow. Like, just I, I cannot. I, I can't believe how many times that NASCAR like has just had rain delays this year, including the the, the Shane Van Gisbergen. Race to
0: the Chicago race that was amazing. Yep,
1: yes, it was. I, lo- I love that that's the
0: Shane Van Gisbergen race now.
1: I mean, it's like, I mean, now he's pro- he's gonna be racing full time next year, I guess. So. Far out,
0: yeah, that's a yeah. bloody trip. Yeah. Um, he raced in the, the truck race la- uh, last night. Uh, oh, as- I didn't
1: I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that. Hopefully, hopefully, he did well.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I think he went a lap down late on the race. I saw the um, saw his interview post race because, yeah, he's like. If he, he like just had the chance to do like an oval race before he does the road course, indie road course next week or tomorrow or whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah, so he was just like, yeah, just hook me up with a truck, and I want to, I want to learn, and yeah, he said some interesting things about it, but yeah, I'm sad that he's going to NASCAR because it means he's not going to race supercars anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, monkey paw curls on that one bud yeah that was cool or, to see him win nascar but then immediately he's just gonna ditch supercars yeah,
0: well that's because supercars are in a really weird spot at the moment and it's kind of sucky but you know we shall figure that out um hey cookie i think we're at the end holy crap yeah um it's just tick past one o'clock where i am uh oh, and wow Yeah, between us taking like 20 minutes to start and internet issues on your behalf, yeah, it's been two hours of recording. So I think, I mean, I'd love to stay up and talk more sports cards with you, but I think we do need to leave it there uh, because at some point I need to sleep and at some point these guys need to stop listening to us. Um, So thank you very much for joining me, Cookie.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Michael.
0: And thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We will see you again uh, after a little bit of time because we're in the summer break time which is nice uh, for you know for us spending all of our nights well for me spending all of my nights watching sports cars um, but in the yep. meantime I hope you are enjoying yourselves enjoying your summer or season wherever you are around the world and have an awesome time thank you very much for listening I'm Michael Zolvo peace out Yazoo. he is suffering some internet dramas so we will ask him the question again when he returns in the meantime enjoy me i don't know making a funny voice to all zero people who are listening to this conversation right now because no one turns up for our live shows anymore which is kind of sad but that's okay it just means that we get to talk about things that other people shouldn't know about like the fact that uh, things that i'm not even going to risk saying